We are brought to you by M&S Mechanical and Home Improvement, LLC. If you need any HVAC or home improvement work, my guy, Anthony Merritt, is the guy to call. Uh, he does AC and heat installs, AC servicing, sheet metal, handyman work, or just general repairs. He's fully licensed and insured. I've known him for many years, and one of his things that he's always perfected his craft on was the passion for his HVAC work. We've been longtime friends and even uh, classmates. He is a great person and so great he will give you 10% off just for mentioning the Clocked Out podcast. So if you have any home improvement jobs or any HVAC jobs that are coming up, I would definitely recommend Anthony Merritt. You can reach him at 203-841-8385 or on Instagram at msmechanical1. That is 203-841-8385 or on Instagram at msmechanical1. Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast. I'm here with a new friend of mine, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And you are the author of your new book. I've been I've been excited to talk about it, so let's just dive right into dive it. Dive right in. What? Uh, so tell us what your book's about and what inspired you to start it. Okay, so my book is called Loving Arms. It's my debut novel. It is based off of a true story. Well, it's inspired by what could have been a true story. We'll say that. Okay. Um, it is about a woman who goes to a Christmas party and sees a card on a mantle. And she immediately recognizes a boy in the Christmas card as a boy who looks just like her own son, who is dead. Um, has been dead for four years, and the boy's about two years old. So then she's tasked with trying to figure out how the boy fits into the picture with her son who's passed away. So she becomes basically obsessed with finding out who this boy is and why he was on this card and why he Jesus. looks like her son. Um, so she aggressively pursues the the lead and ends up going to find a single mother uh, who lives in Boston who used a sperm donor to get oh, pregnant. Oh, wow. Okay. And has never told anybody that. So then we have a tug of war between them. One of them doesn't want to reveal the secret and the other one wants to know the answer oh man uh, and so then um when test results come back everything kind of changes and then you get uh basically the meat of the story which i'm not going to reveal because mm -mm. i want you to to buy the book yeah, and, of course and see it and read it um but i will say it's i always describe it as really a, a story about family about redefining family about love about loss um it was basically inspired by a very, very good friend of mine who I went to college with, um, and he tragically passed away when we were about 22. Oh, um, sorry to hear that. Thank you. He was, um, I'm actually going to put this on my blog later th today, so you'll probably see it up. It's called The Story, the blog post is going to be The Story Within the Story, because this oh. is really how this started. When we were 18 in college, he used to joke that he wanted to donate sperm for beer money. Oh. So when he died, as men, I think I think we've all said that at some point. In exactly. Lives. I mean, we were. I mean, and you know, I don't yeah. know if you went to college, but like eighteen, I was pretty hard up at college. I might have considered, you know, donating oh an egg gosh. or two if I, yeah. if I, you, you know, if it pays the bills. <laughs> 
if it buys you another pack of ramen noodles for the dorm, I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, we I mean, we talked about it and we didn't really realize the enormity of that what that means. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, you do the donation and it's 50 bucks, but someone could use that donation down the line and you could have a kid out here walking around that you wouldn't even know. So we Jeez. didn't really realize that, you know, and when he died, I it's all I could think about was wouldn't it be great if he actually did donate? And his parents could get a piece of him back. So really, the story became came from that longing of his mother, my actual friend's mother, and her grief. And I kind of rolled that into the main character of my novel, Ray. Oh wow! Who okay, is, so that that's really that's really awesome. Yeah. So I mean, when I read it, there's different layers to it. Um, and right. if you know me, and you know, I've had a couple friends since it's come out. Um, it came out yesterday, uh, available on Amazon. So the paperback and the ebook have been, you know, now available. And um, they they all have been texting me and say, you included this story and you did this and you have this and this reminds me of this person. And I said, okay, first of all, like you guys know, I'm a writer, so my life is a story. So right. if, you, if you say something, expect it to be, like my boyfriend said something the other day and I said, can I use that in a book? And he was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, at least you asked for permission, though. Yeah, Some I mean, people just put in the book anyways. I mean, well, there's definitely a story that it's a very famous story, and it's not really appropriate fare for a podcast, I would say. But it's a story that all my college friends know, and it's a story that happened to me in the book. Mm -hmm. And I put it in there, and only my friends that know the story know that it was an actual true story. So oh, wow. if you read the book, I'll leave you to guess which which story Shoot, is actually true. Listen, I'll be 100% honest with you. <laughs> I don't read books. It's but, okay. <laughs> but I think I think I'm going to read this one. Oh well, I awesome. Really think I, I really think I am because it sounds it sounds like a cool story. It sounds like something that um, now you got my brain going. Imagine like this is the reason behind why people see doppelgangers all over the yeah, world. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And you don't even know. Well, and that's so, like your cousin. <laughs> exactly. You could have anybody. And so, and with the birth of all the new like DNA testing sites where you can just send it in, you know, with a swab in your mouth and not have to go to the doctor, you can, you know, connect with people all over the that's country. Crazy. And so, you know, I've envisioned this to be a three part series. So I'm actually working on the second book now. Um, and oh, it, this is so. This was your first book. Yes, this is oh, my first congratulations. book. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations! So it's been like a five-year journey to get. I mean, it's really been a almost forty-year journey since I'm almost forty. But um, this particular book I started about five years ago and then put on the shelf for a long time, and then took it off during the pandemic. And I finished the entire thing during the pandemic. So wow. Um, yeah, wow. I I was pretty productive. There's a lot of there's a lot <laughs> of positive things coming out of the pandemic. Like yeah, a lot absolutely. of creativity coming out and um it shows, you know, a lot of people are getting projects done like you said that they just put on the shelf and mm -hmm. saved it for later. Um I think that everyone should tell a story in some format, in some absolutely. way, whether it's a book, whether it's a video, whether it's a movie, anything like that. Um I even started a a little story of mine. I wouldn't call it a book. <laughs> I don't know how to write a book, but I definitely started writing and um but I kept down the I kept down the back burner for a while now. It's going on maybe like three, four years. And um I think I got about maybe a hundred pages and it's just scribbles, you know. That's just, how my book was for a very long goes. time. I it mean it just goes. I had 50 pages for a long time and it just sat there and sat there and sat there. And then 
when I was working with the elderly during the beginning of the pandemic, like at a regular, you know, nine to five job. So pretty quickly, my hours were reduced because we were trying to protect that yeah. particular population. So yeah. I had more time. I ended up starting my own business and leaving that job. And then I also ended up writing this book. So and finishing the book and being able to have the time to really market it and get it out there the way that I wanted it to be. I actually also participated in a um, it was basically like a pitch um I call it the New York pitch. It's for writers that want to commercially publish their books. And they hmm. basically teach you how to write a pitch. And they teach you how they look at your book and they say, okay, well, this could work commercially. This couldn't. And I found, you know, I always, the dream is to always, you know, have your book in Barnes & Noble. Walk in oh, and see yeah. your book at, you know, Barnes yeah. & Noble. And I really felt like that was the only way that I was going to be able to do that was to commercially publish. But then as you look at it, you're like, wow, there are really ways that you can get your like book into a retailer and still oh, be sure. independently public for sure for sure so i was like well i'm gonna oh, do this sorry. because oh did we i kicked the camera <laughs> <laughs> earthquake yeah um, <laughs> but i mean i really found out that there was a way that you could do it and you could be successful with it so right. um you know on my website and on my facebook page over the next couple of weeks i'm gonna have some book signings set up locally there's a new bookstore that opened up that's women owned in uh Groton next to dunkin donuts awesome. on Peconic bridge so let me know if you have any um on the weekends maybe i'll swing by awesome. grab a book, get a sign put it up here somewhere exactly start filling up the background <laughs> you know exactly i love it <laughs> yeah. no um i think that like i said before i think more people need to do it everybody and has a story inside exactly. of them i and have a, i have a great story and I know th- my problem is I can't write so or I can't translate my experiences into a story. Mm-hmm. I could tell the story. I could give details of the story. I just can't like construct it into a book format, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, there are definitely people that can help you do that. There's ghostwriters and things like that. And even I mean who knows maybe you and i could work together we hey, could construct a book go. and sit down and we could like work together to get all your thoughts <laughs> collaborations yeah exactly yeah. i mean and i think everyone's like oh what's the secret to writing a book and i'm like just write like literally and i know i do it complete probably completely different than other like professional writers that have been mm-hmm. doing it a long time um i just write i went the right order i didn't skip around yeah. like a lot of writers will write one part and then they'll insert it in or i just kept with the story and just wow. kept going and it was very like i don't know just organic like that's just always been my process i mean i've written i think when i was four years old my grandmother used to love to tell this story and okay um i write under her maiden name melissa mikesell is my pen name so that her mikesell is her maiden name because she was the one that always wanted to be a writer and inspired me to be a writer uh when i was four years old i wrote something i went in her back bedroom and i wrote out this little speech and i ended it with my sincerest condolences. I wrote a eulogy at four years old. <laughs> Don't know where I thought I should. You know, you know what I mean? So she used to tell the story. Well, this is going to be a writer. She wrote a eulogy at four years old. And That's she used to tell the story. And so, you know, she wasn't wrong. I've always had a story inside of me. I've always had words inside of me. And, um, but you're right. That is, it doesn't just need to be words. You can paint. You can take a photograph. Exactly. You could, my daughter is big into drama and theater. So she's that's how she expresses her creativity. I just tell my kids and whoever, find a way to express it. Mm. That's that's my... It was a, it was a sad day uh, yesterday because my form of expressing creativity ended up taking a tumble in the ocean. Oh, no. Yeah. So I do photography on the side. Oh. And... Uh, 
it's been a while since I was out taking photos and I, I guess I just got too comfortable and, um, and excited because, uh, I'll show you the picture after the show, but the last, one of the last pictures my camera took was amazing. And, um, I set up one, actually that tripod right there, probably mm -hmm. still got some sand in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I set it up right along the, where the waves were breaking and uh the water comes out not like where the actual break is but um the water wasn't that bad like it, you know the waves were coming in it was great and um it made for some good photos and the sunset ended up exploding out of nowhere it looked like it was going to be a bust and then all of a sudden colors everywhere and um i got all excited i went to go back to my camera bag to or no actually a wave broke and i didn't want to get my feet wet so i backed up a little bit mistake number one <laughs> the water just i don't know what happened but my tripod was not straight up it was like kind of tilted so the water didn't need much force and it just knocked it right over mm -hmm. and i just see it in slow motion i'm like no and then i run over to it it probably lasted a solid three seconds in the water but that was enough to completely fry it oh that's terrible because photography cameras aren't cheap either. No, so that's, no, that's they're not. Bad, and now, that's bad news. <laughs> so now I'm I'm in the market of you know I'm shopping around for a new one. It's actually sitting right over there in in the um in the 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 pot there. I was gonna say you put in some rice. rice. In, I was gonna say yeah. put it in rice. Well, actually, a crazy thing was that um all my photographer buddies told me I needed to dip it into distilled water to remove the salt water because of the corrosion. It's gonna that makes corrode sense. all the metal components yeah. inside of it and i'm like i felt so weird i felt so <laughs> weird putting my camera back in water in water mm -hmm. thinking that this is gonna work and i don't even think it's gonna work but it's gonna sit there for like a well, week i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed yeah because well, that's, let's that's, hope that's an expensive uh replace it's, sad, right it's there. sad because i took that camera everywhere everywhere i always wanted to learn how to do photography like that would be like you could i i, I like to take pictures i'm but I'm more of like a hobbyist. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. definitely, my That's kids. That's how I started out. My kids are definitely like, mom, stop taking pictures of me. Yeah. Like we don't need pictures of this. <laughs> but I mean, I have a lot of friends it, that are. It starts mm -hmm. as a hobby and then it turns into a passion and mm -hmm. then it could turn into a side business you know i well, never and that's, that's kind of how my book started too it's the same kind exactly. of thing like... creatives they find a way to create exactly and then if you really want to keep creating and you still want to um be profitable and and make your dream kind of your your work uh your everyday work life then you find ways to be profitable on it well and that's that's really the point that i'm at now like i've kind of had to change my mindset about it because for a long time writing was the way that I kind of escaped and it was my release and it was my thing that I did for my self-care mm -hmm. and it's still like that but also now there's a demand like there's going to be people that want to know yeah I'm already thinking today I have to go write because I have a quarter of the book the next book done but people are reading the first book and they're gonna want to know what happens what happens like Oh, that's the second, like, the, the books are, like, a story yeah. together? Oh, okay. Yeah, so how, so basically how the books are set up is there's two, al there's two alternating narrators. So you have the, the, the grieving mother, Ray, is the first narrator, ah. and she starts off the book, and then you will go into uh, Rebecca, who is the single mother with the secret. Um, oh, and shit. so you're seeing the story from both sides of their perspective. You're seeing Ray's real desperation to have this answer and this connection to her son that she lost. And you're seeing Rebecca like back up, like 
no, Damn. we're not doing this. And then in the midst of it, there becomes another, there's more layers to it without revealing too yeah. much. But Rebecca has to go. It's This all starts at Christmas time. So, you know, she goes to her mother's house in Florida and then finds out that she also, her mother has another secret that she has to stay and deal with. Secrets so then it becomes, secrets. so yeah, I mean, and it's life. It's I mean, a big life, onion. <laughs> there's layers. But yeah. I think that's how life is too. And, you it know, is. a lot of the, the, the readers that read it before it was really in its final form are saying it seems like it moves too fast almost at the end right. where the middle seems a little fast. And after I read it and I said, okay, yeah, I can see that. But also life is fast. Right. Life doesn't sit still no, at, it for waits five for no pages one. for you to talk about something that you want to talk about. Like the whole middle of the book and the end of the book, there's a lot going on, but there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's realistic. It's life. Right. And without revealing too much, I mean, there's romance, there's, uh, there has to be. I mean, there's yeah, romance, there's, there's is, yeah. mother and daughter issues, there's, you know, mother-son issues, there's, it's just, re it's relationships, it's life. Yeah, and that's, it's life, and exactly. That's, and so, basically, this, the books are all going to be structured the same. So, in the second book, I've already set it up where Rebecca, who was the, the single mother of the first book, is the primary narrator for the second book, and then there's a new character that's introduced from the second family oh, that will come in. Oh, man. So, so you're just, you're Harry Pottering it right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I don't know that I would put myself in the same category, but, yeah. I mean, I definitely am trying to build on, well, you know, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a more than like one or two books yeah, type of story, absolutely. which is great. It's, I have three so far, like, and when I, t again, my process is different, I think, than other writers, because I was dead asleep and the whole premise for the second book came into my brain and I woke up and um, pulled up Google Docs and typed out the entire outline for the second book and went back to sleep that's usually so. how it goes that's usually how it goes <laughs> it's like you think you like oh yeah i'll get to this uh thursday and then all of a sudden tuesday night boom it smacks yep. you in the face and you're like ah, oh, i gotta get this done yep absolutely so i mean i really am lucky that the ideas have been there i'm working on a couple of other things that are separate from um that series as well the series is going to be called born of loss um which i mean it is what it is but Born of Loss. Born of Loss is the series. So what is behind that name? So basically it just talks about like these, losing loved ones. Yeah, like basically this this family I don't want to reveal too much. Yeah. But this this new family, these people were created from a loss because the son is no longer. Right. So there is a loss that happened that created, so they were born together of this loss. Mm -hmm. So basically, that's kind of how I related it. Um, but yeah, Loving Arms is basically the definition of what, and the title, believe me, this was, the title was the worst part of it. And I'm, I'm still, I just couldn't find anything that I really loved. And I'm still right. not completely in love with this, mm -hmm. but it seemed the closest when I was talking to people about it, people that had read it and understood the project and what I was trying to do with it. They were like, this is really what you want to say now without, did you have a couple names down and then like kind of just process of elimination? Well, yeah. So I had a bunch down and then I did that pitch conference with, so the people that run the conference are agents in New York city. They're literary agents. They're authors. They've done this before. Mm -hmm. And every, every single one that I had, she was like, Nope. Terrible. Mm -mm. No, that's too masculine. You're trying to sell to women. You're not trying to sell to men. Why not? 
I mean, I I sell it to everybody. I think a it's man. a book for everybody. There's I'm men a man. in the book. I think that's I think that's pretty crazy. <laughs> that's a pretty crazy story. I mean, Mind, I mean, I can relate to it because yeah. I've wanted to sell sperm to pay bills at one point. And and now you'll read this and think twice about it. You'll be like, I don't even know that I want to have you no, know all these people no, running around. No, I you don't, don't want need... anybody coming up to you years yeah. later. No, I don't even. I'm questioning <laughs> me having my own kids now. You know, I mean, putting them in other people's hands. Oh, yeah, God. and I mean. Pretty- this this person that inspired the story, you know, it was very hard when we lost him because it was, first of all, completely shocking and tragic. But right. it was also, you knew he had those desires. You knew he wanted kids. You knew he wanted, he just bought a house. He just graduated college. Like, he was at the place where we all were, mm. you know. And so it really affected me, I think, very differently to lose somebody who was my age and, like, who I knew had, you know. So that that's what, again the thinking about him was really what started the whole story i think also too like not only um does that story inspire the book i think that the world really needs to um kind of be more accepting to losing people because it's it it happens it happens how many times you know will a person actually lose someone that like breaks their heart you know what i mean yeah and if you normalize it not normalize it to the point where you're not sensitive to it but normalize it in a way where you when it happens you could accept it um it makes it it makes it easier you know yeah and i think i mean i have had incredible amounts of loss in my life and the year that we lost the gentleman that i'm speaking of we had just lost my mother four months prior Jeez. so yeah we it was a very 2005 was a really hard year um and so all these years later, we're sitting here talking about him, remembering him. And it's like because he was that impactful of a person. Right. And, you know, I do agree that grief and mourning needs to be more normalized because oh, sure. people can really you know, it's a mental health thing. You can really get bogged down by oh that. And, you know, people don't feel like it's OK to say I'm really struggling. I'm upset. You know, I'm grieving. And well, I think that's a I think that's a problem with everything across the board. Oh, yeah. You know, like I think I think mental health right now is is a very big topic for conversation now Mm -hmm, and people are now starting to talk about it um i think that we're turn as far as because there's a lot of negative and a lot of negativity in the world right now absolutely but there if i could pull a couple positives out of it one of them would be that mental health is now a thing i agree completely i mean that's what i do for my nine to five job is uh work you know, kind of in that realm of mental health. And uh, I was really encouraged when I went to my daughter's school this year. She transferred schools and they said, we're not worrying about the dress code so much. We're worried about the kids being inside for two years of, you know, this pandemic and missing their normal experience. And we're really focusing on mental health and we have X, Y, and Z resources. So I totally agree with you that mental health has really become more to the forefront. And in the book, I also talk about that a little bit because you see, uh, you kind of get a background of Ray when her son passed. You kind of see that she really struggled with her mental health. And you, I don't want to give, right. again, yeah, read the yeah, book. No, I don't yeah. want to <laughs> give too much away. But you, there, is a, there is a piece that talks about her mental health and how important that is. And they do address it and say, hey, is this worth risking your mental health and your stability mm-hmm. for this? Because you could not get the answer that you want. Like mm-hmm. this could just be a kid that looks like her. Yeah. Our kid. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. her husband basically saying, uh, I don't know that I want to do this again because right. I've already been hurt. So, right. and you have that whole struggle as well. And, and that's, that's real life stuff. Yeah. If people lose people all the time, uh, 
people lose their kids all the time and they try to fabricate anything that could be a connection like oh um i don't know say say someone's daughter was really into making bracelets and then they're walking down the street and they see Mm -hmm. a bracelet on the sidewalk and they're like that must be a sign and really that's just them grieving because for all we know a four-year-old that just passed there two hours ago could have dropped it and had nothing to do with with their daughter um but you look for those signs when you're missing somebody in mourning somebody you definitely look for those signs absolutely and i think that's part of the grieving process i think that i think that could be looked at in a more positive way versus someone who's like i'm gonna forget about this by downing a bottle of whiskey and absolutely i mean looking for and you know i think it's also you're getting closer to closure when you're looking for those kind of things when you're looking for the little symbols or like if i hear a certain song on the radio i always think of my mom yeah you know what i mean because that was the song that we all connected to when she died so it's like if i'll be thinking about my mom and then that song will come on the radio and i'm like hey well (laughs) i can't even i can't even go to a red sox game anymore without tearing up when they sing sweet caroline or Mm -hmm. whatever because my uh my uncle he was a diehard red sox fan so that to me is is tough to really sit there and experience that now yeah um but like i said those are all good signs to have because at least now like you have reasons for them still being in your memory absolutely you know? because it, a lot of people you'd be surprised at how many people just get forgotten about you know when they pass away absolutely. and they're like they have done everything for you or this or that and like you just forget about them yeah and I, just vanish yeah i mean i see that a lot too and it's heartbreaking for me to you know i don't ever want to be that person but you know my mom's been gone and this person who we're talking about who inspired the story's been gone you know a long time now 2005 and uh we keep their memory alive and we still you know talk about them my kids talk about their grandmother who they never even met like you know she yeah is down the road you know and it's just and it's also helpful to have people in their kit like they know people that knew my parents separately or you know knew this person separately so my daughter before this person passed away who inspired the book met him he was he had, we had gone up to his new house and she was about four months old and uh she has no memory but we have a memory of you know them together so we talk about that and there's a connection and yeah um yeah i mean i think that's the nicest way to honor somebody is to For keep sure. their memory alive i think like, that's definitely healthy oh yeah absolutely do. um what i don't see being healthy is just um really i don't know how to put it into words without sounding like an asshole um like making it prolonged and like making it to the point where all day every day you are depressed because they are gone and you are you know it's taking a toll on your your physical and mental health yeah and, and i mean i think certainly there's a time and a place to wallow in it but yeah. i mean for, i mean, that might be an insensitive term but when you let it bog you down like that, you can't. Right. And and we talk about the book talks about that a little bit about Ray's journey through like navigating that that mental health because I think in the beginning, at least for me having two children, I know that I probably would feel like that in the beginning if one of my oh, children yeah. were to pass away. Like knock on wood, I'm, yeah, I don't need that, that would, bad yeah. juju. But I think would, I would take would to my bed for a, a good 
a good probably three months and then I'd have to rise up and go on. Yeah. You know, easier said than done too. you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we could sit here and and say what could be and what could not be. Absolutely. I think it depends on the severity. So like a kid, a parent, a sibling Mm -hmm. that I think would be in a different category than a friend. Um, like a distant relative um... oh yeah absolutely it depends on your relationship with the person right you know and i was really lucky that the person that inspired this book he the the full disclosure is he did was dating my sister as well so Ah. he was much closer to me like as a brother yeah so he to be fully transparent like I didn't know how in depth I wanted to get with the relationship, but I think it lends itself to um, understanding like the connection he and I shared. So he and I, because he dated my sister, had a different relationship than a lot of our other friends. My mother called him her son. She considered I considered him my brother. Right. Uh, they were, you know, going to be together like that. It wasn't a question. It so was there's just a different like, level. Of, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was definitely like I, I wrote something the other day and I said to lose my mother was was hard. It was cat. It was unexpected but to lose him was just basically catastrophic like the bottom fell out and none of us really knew and i think a lot of ways we still feel like that like what happened like but you're not crippled by oh no we've all i mean we all have had to go on you can't that's and that's what i that's that's the point i was trying to make yeah a lot of people they will they will sit on it and and be crippled by it oh yeah regardless of the severity regardless of the relationship like for their sake i mean they would want you I'm sure anybody who would want that person to move on with their life and still appreciate them, yeah. appreciate the memories, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit on it for, for a while like that because then you're taking away from your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'll see that. And it does, it talks about that in the book too. It does. It, that's exactly one of the points that I kind of make without saying it, it away, so much. Give it away. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I know we're having good conversation I know. I mean, here. I know, but I, I mean, there's so many layers to this book right. and I do think a man would enjoy it. I do think a woman would enjoy it. Um, I know it's marketed kind of more towards women, but I screw don't those, think... Screw those people that told you too masculine. Well, I mean, I think the title... Because the one of the working titles was uh, His Father's Eyes. Mm. And they said that was too masculine. You're, that's more... A man would look at that and think, oh, I'm going to read that because that's his father. And I'm like, okay. But again, I'm not a published author. I am now. But mm-hmm. at that time, I wasn't... I didn't know anything about writing a book, so... Maybe their advice, you know, is more valuable. I think now with my already working on the second book, I can see my confidence kind of changing about it. I'm like, oh, well, I got good feedback with this. So maybe I'll do this. And, right. you know, it's this. ever evolving, and, too, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's like anything else. It's evolving and it's also situational. It's like, right. OK, what's going to work best for this situation? Or like I noticed with this book, the second book, um, one of the one of the new characters that I'm introducing was in foster care. So she's a bit more hardened um, and her language is a bit more colorful than, you know, these other people that had money and were raised in affluence. And, you know, so you kind of see the contradiction, you know, there's all different kinds of people that come into families that come into life. So I'm mm. kind of trying to represent a little bit of everybody and yeah. kind of bring in everybody that I've uh, all the different backgrounds that I, I worked a lot with foster kids before. So kind of bring in all my things that I've worked with and know about. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good like that's a good foundation i think this book being your first is definitely uh a learning curve absolutely because (laughs) just like anything else trial and error um 
how I learn photography, how I'm learning podcasting, how anything. Yeah, any, absolutely. How you do anything that's uh, different than your everyday life. Um, it, it takes time. And, and I'm and I'm not a person that's afraid to take risks. I'm not a person that's afraid to hear no. Right. Um, I don't like to hear it, but I like my boyfriend always laughs because I'm like, well, is no like the final answer or is this like negotiation? And he was like... Mm. Well, it's going to be negotiated, isn't it? Like, well, yes, because no is not. Oh, I don't like to hear that unless it's the absolute final. But um, I think, you know, like you said, it's a learning curve. And there's a lot of things that I will do probably differently. There's a lot of things I would do. You know, I, I tried to really find the best resources to help me within the price range and the time range that I had, because I knew that I wanted to try to get out before the holidays, try to, um, like I'm going to be going to a there's a women's event that I wanted to try to you know get involved as as a women's writer. I'm going to be doing conferences, things oh, yeah. like that. So yeah. you know you really have to try to time it to a certain for sure you know release sure. time. Um, so I really tried to do the best that I could do. I'm sure it's far from perfect, but you know what? No, nothing dude. is. <laughs> I, I mean, who cares though? Even if it's not perfect. Who cares? Like, you're, I, you're already talking about another book. I, and I'm know? about a quarter of the way through it. Like exactly. I was writing so, the second one, finishing the first one. Right. So like, and I had a nervous breakdown, like probably three days before I had to get everything finalized, the manuscript, mm-hmm. everything in because I had spell checked everything I was going through. Well, it had auto corrected the last word of the book incorrectly. It had changed it from said to spoke. And it just bothered me. But I, I have literally seen it so many times, my eyes didn't see it anymore. Oh, wow. So when I looked, I'm looking through, and I'm like, that's not the right word. What? What happened? But I already had it formatted, so I had to send it back to the formatter, get him to reformat it, just changing the one word. He's like, do you need anything else changed? I'm like, no, I literally just need that word changed. I was like, I can't. It can't be published with that word. Yeah. Like, yeah. it bothers me. Yeah. My, you, you have to be okay with it. Yeah. I was like, this is something that represents me, my work, my livelihood that I'm putting out. It's like having another baby and just, like, For setting it yeah. out to the world. Yeah. Because, like, last night I was laying there and I'm thinking, what are people thinking? Like, what? Yeah. Do you like it? Like, what's yeah. going on? Well, I mean, that book is now, like, that book is permanent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That book is printed. It is physical it is permanent and you can't take that back you know I what know. i mean you can't take that back and you can't do it so so yeah it, it definitely seems like it could be nerve-wracking because once it's out it's out well it was super nerve-wracking because all my aunts and uncles started texting me like oh my god we're so proud of you you know like i said my mom had passed away my dad passed away when i was five so mm-hmm. i've pretty much had the support of my aunts and uncles i come from a huge family my mom was one of nine and my dad was one of five Jeez. so i yeah. have Lots of aunts and uncles. Okay. But it was horrifying because they're like, oh, we bought the book. And I'm like, they're going to be reading like adult scenes that I wrote in that book, you know, because yeah. you put a little bit in yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. life. And, yeah, of course. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I think oh, it's no. healthy. I think that's an, another thing that needs to be normalized, too. But that's, <laughs> a, whole, well, that's a whole other conversation. I, I completely agree with you there. <laughs> like like yesterday. I'll give, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're good. I don't you know about say, your you, audience. No, but. no, no. You could say literally. I used to. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story and I'll let you say something. <laughs> I used to care so much about what was said on here. I don't anymore. Well, as long as good. you're not like offensive to uh, groups of people or, that or, one, yeah, or like no. uh, any of that, um, 
I don't care. Well, I was going to tell you, yesterday we were cleaning my living room. I'm celebrating my book launch by cleaning my living room. So Mm -hmm. exciting. And I pull out this drawer, and I was in five weddings in about the span of like a year. Okay. So I had lots of extra bachelorette stuff floating around in a drawer. (laughs) So (laughs) my boyfriend's like, what is all this? I'm like, so my son, who's 10, um, he's my youngest, starts whipping around a penis straw right oh, so no. he has a straw and my boyfriend's like, oh my god and i was like it's just a penis like there's nothing wrong with it and i was like perhaps maybe we should not let him touch it like it have it but there's nothing wrong with him saying the word there's nothing wrong with him knowing what that is like he has one like normalize he has it one. it's okay <laughs> you know like we all do it damn. like we all, like you know what i mean we it's all like, have these yeah, parts yeah. we can say the words but you know in thinking about the book i'm like oh my god my and so my boyfriend's like and I'm sitting there I'm like, oh, my God, my uncle bought my book. There's this scene and that. And he's like, do you think they're going to think that you, like, did that stuff? And, like, that's based on your life. Oh, and I'm like, I didn't until now. Yeah, now Thank I know. you so much. <laughs> now I'm sitting here. So if you're listening, guys, it wasn't based on actual events. It's just no, my imagination. It's just, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, you being, it's you being an artist. It's you being a creative. It's and I'm you. sure they understand that, but. It's being realistic. I mean, my 90 something year old grandmother is getting a copy, and I'm like, oh. I mean, I'm so glad that they're proud but, of me and that they support me, but. But if you're going to do something, you have to. You can't you do it for. To, you can't, you you can't, can't just do it with other it. people. You can't sit there. When I write, I don't sit there and think about, is this going to offend somebody? Obviously, like you said, if, you're, if you are being very. Uh, if you're marginalizing large groups of people or you're being racist or sexist those are things that obviously i yeah. will not do but yeah. those are also things i wouldn't write you know yeah. what i mean those if you are could not hear it, if you could hear it on tv cool i don't i can't write to hbo th- I, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i can't really write to think about what somebody else is going to think about it i have right. to write what the story is and, and that's, that's how i feel about it that's exactly what i struggle with when i first started this podcast i have aunts uncles mm-hmm. cousins i have everybody listening and um I know where I want to be. I know where I, how, like how I have to get there Mm -hmm. and me sugarcoating things. My parents listen sometimes and, and that's, you know, that's a tough one to swallow, but yeah, I I talk about some wild shit on here and, but you have have to be true to what guests, more serious guests, you know, like, I don't care. I, this show is, has to stay true to itself. It has to stay true to what you, you want it to be, what your vision is for it. Exactly. At one time, um, my best friend and I were both single. We had gotten divorced and we, you know, we're the two single ladies and we were like all excited. So we thought we were going to start a podcast and we were going to have all of our dating escapades be like the basis for the podcast. Oh, like, gosh. and bring on like that guys be, that we've dated. That would be like, hilarious. <laughs> like, what? So I'll tell you, see if you think this is a, so in, if you read the book, you're going to know now which story is true. But we wanted to name the podcast. Thanks pal, because this is based off a story <laughs> that happened to me. When I was in college, which oh, I, man. you'll read it in the book. Okay, it's in okay. the book. So okay, okay, okay. When you see Thanks Pal, you'll know that, that actually was right. based on true events. Um, <laughs> but so we wanted to bring everybody on and literally start at the beginning, like first boyfriends, and work our way down and just go through. So Jeez. I, you know, I said to my children, "What happens father, when you run out of guests?" I mean, you gotta start I guess dating again. <laughs> we gotta go. Well, I mean, we've done. She's married now with a kid on the way. So okay. I mean, I'm still the only single girl. I'm not single either. I have a boyfriend, but left standing basically yeah um but i don't know we were just kind of talking about like we just really want an in-depth like what was the actual problem what what happened that was like that would be i'm telling you right now that would probably be one of the best shows out and i'm not I, i'm not overhyping it yeah I'm not no i think it. that would be so like interesting like especially because 
like there's one thing to do it and you guys talk about it just your, you two yeah but to have the actual person in yeah front of you, like i don't know that we would have everybody because like my ex-husband and i would not be able to oh, do yeah. that no certain like, relationships are, just but my really children's bad. dad and i who i mean we've parented together for 16 years we traveled together we like yeah that would be I mean? a no, no he, brainer he was like i'll come on he's like i'll do like a freaking week of episodes i don't care i'm like we would need more than one for our relationship <laughs> we did, we've on and off for almost 20 years so yeah, yeah there's like, a lot of history there yeah so but i mean I think it, it would be, be so cool show. yeah oh, wouldn't it gosh. to hear the perspective of both sides yeah. to be like okay you were crazy I okay hope, you were this i hope that one of my exes calls me up one day and, and was like hey i'm doing a show and i need to interview you because you're my ex wouldn't you love that I wouldn't that be, be i would be so... there tomorrow you'd be like okay i'm ready yeah yeah I, and i would talk all the Shit. And I still have a lot of boy, like friends. I'm friends with most of my exes, I mean, with really the exception of my ex husband, who I wouldn't want to sit in a room and try to break down what ha- I. Yeah. We did enough couples therapy. Right. We don't need to break right, down right, what right, happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, we know what happened. Um, but I think it'd be really interesting. Like my first boyfriend and I were still friends. Um, I'm dating somebody who I dated as a child now, so it's like he could come yeah. on and talk about, you know. Damn that that would be a that would be a very interesting podcast. I just my only thing is um, if it's like a kind of like a short series podcast, then sure. But my thing would be, all right, how would you sustain that, sustain long it, term. or continue it? Maybe have other, maybe have like relationships come on the show. Yeah, like, like, I was also thinking you could even do like relationship advice or like you know situational. Send us something in. What what would you, you would like? Definitely need a disclaimer. Yeah. that you are not a, a like therapist <laughs> yeah. or anything like it, well, that. Well, I have. I'm an. I have a social work background, but I don't okay. have. So I'm not a therapist, but I do have enough of background where I could actually yeah. give people advice that would there you go. help them. But I'm not licensed to do so. Okay, so, so yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a complete like just. No, but I think that don't... I think that would be a hilarious. Podcast. I don't know. Maybe wait for my you podcast. Should've, you should have. I mean, I have the microphones. I'm ready to all go. Right, maybe right. I'll start developing. Maybe, maybe I could get a group of people together and get a very like commercial building that we could just have all these shows. Because I have, I have yes. like three other projects I'm trying to do too. Yeah. Who knows? I think that's great. Like, um, I'm all about. I mean, I did radio in college too, so I definitely kind of am gravitate. When the podcast became a thing, I was like, yes do this yeah, like yeah i just haven't had like i said the time to do it so now maybe now that i'm home i work from home for myself so my Perfect. schedule is kind of set up where i could actually do a podcast now if i wanted to so maybe you'll if, be seeing that little podcast out soon maybe and, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be back know, to advertise now. exactly if you uh if you need any help i will gladly awesome. help you set that up thank um, you no i i think uh not to change the subject too much but i think that Groton is such or not just Groton, but this whole area kind of region, southeastern Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, is such a great place for creatives. And I, I can't stress that enough because I am kind of in limbo right now, back and forth with my hometown. And um, and so I don't really spend that much time here. I'm going back and forth until I get settled out here into my new career. And um, and it is night and day difference like night and day difference between and i come here sometimes friday saturday and go home sunday um and in those short days i'm able to find people like you people like uh the two former guests that i just had on Mm -hmm. from Groton, um all my photography friends uh 
videographers, painters, every like there's just so much creativity going Absolutely. on out here. And it really puts the rest of Connecticut to shame. Or at least the rest of Connecticut that I've experienced. Cause I don't know, you know, New Haven that well, Bridgeport, big bigger cities, Hartford. Um, they might have a bigger creative scene, but the the people out here are more accessible and they're more willing to work with like you just met you just said hey yo we should make a book and i was like you know what i mean yeah it, totally. it's crazy that like that mentality is out here and it's not just one or two people oh no it's all of us i think you know there you're absolutely right when you say southeastern connecticut is very rich with creatives um I know that there's people that have fashion lines that are doing incredible things. And um, a, a thing that I really love about this area, too, is it's not just the adults that are the creatives. They are taking the kids. And I don't know how much you know about this. That might be something, a, a cool thing for podcasts, too. A lot of the kids are working. There's a program called Writer's Block in New London where they writers work with the kids to create plays about socially, okay. uh, socially appropriate uh, situations. So it's, you know... They did one about uh, racism and social injustice. Uh, there's, you know, people doing murals. There's there's always something. Like you said, you can always find somebody doing something. But I know, you know, New London is also really good. And Groton and everybody together is, like you said, collaboration. And we all really support each other and say, hey, um, like I have a friend who's a tattoo artist. And he has a shop on Thames Street, uh, Red Sky Collective, Tommy Slocum. And he is an incredible artist. I mean, he's not just a tattoo artist. He's an artist, you know, of a paintings as well. And he has things that have... Hung. I might have to actually hit him up because uh, I need my sleeve done. Well, he has... A, he's, his list oh, so is he's closed right out. now. Oh, okay. So but he, he's, what, uh, he's, he's absolutely he's <laughs> the one that I would recommend. He, oh, wow. Look him up. He's incredible. Well, I'm in no rush. I mean... I when I... Yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's incredible. I mean, we have a lot of great tattoo artists in this area. Steve... Oh, yeah. Steve uh, Teft from Ink Master yeah, owns he a has shop a, here. Yeah, yep. um, and actually, I know another artist who I had a relationship with at, during that time when he was an Ink Master, and he worked at 12, so it was kind of a crazy time because it was like Yeah, crazy. I was supposed to get a tattoo from there, and then I, um, I don't know what happened, but I ended up not going there. And I think it's because I was young, and uh, I was like 18, and uh, that's around the time that I would sell my sperm. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went with a very cheap tattoo place, which luckily they didn't botch me up too bad. But, well, that's, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I definitely could tell that I. I could tell what I paid for. Well, by I mean, at it. tattoos are always one of those things. Like you get what you pay for. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. if you want great work, you have to go to a great person. But yes, if you are looking for work, like. But that's what I'm saying. Like we all just rep- you know, kind of throw each other's names out and give each other credit. Like somebody on Facebook the other day was like, I'm looking for somebody to do a great tattoo. And, and, and I was like, Tommy, and you know, we're willing to work with each other. That's oh, my yeah. thing is like, I'm sure there are artists everywhere. There's space for everybody. Right. Like how, that's how I look at it. I'm, and you know, I post a lot on Instagram and have a relationship with other writers. That's kind of how you get known in the business to get, you know, visibility. Mm-hmm. So you kind of connect to another writer. And a lot of the writers talk about, you're not my competition. Like, there's space for you and there's space for me because we bring different things to the table. Right. You know, and I think that's really, we haven't made it competitive. We've made it collaborative in this area. And there's also so much inspiration. There's beautiful places to photograph and gain inspiration from. I know if I'm really stuck, I'll go down to the beach and look at the water and just sit there and be in the moment. You know, I, I think it's just, I think it's just crazy that I'm sure like, like I was saying before, 
these places they have artists they they just don't want to work together it's it's really the sense of community that we have here right. and i know that i've you know people that i haven't talked to since high school maybe I didn't even talked to in high school i had somebody yesterday message me when i posted that i had published this book and he was like oh my god congratulations i'm gonna buy a copy for my wife like and i had seen on his status just following each other because we went to high school together right that he had opened a martial arts studio and i said oh my goodness if you need any help with the martial arts studio let me know my ex my kid's dad owns the martial arts studio and he was like cool that's just how it is out here yeah and i and people think back from where i'm from i'm just full of shit no it's it's talking because i'm trying to convince everybody to move out here which i'm not i I actually like the distance (laughs) (laughs) i love you guys but 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 stay where you are yeah i I, I could it's like it's like living outside of the city right yeah you could go in and you could cause all havoc you want and then you can and then you could go home you could pick and choose when you have the chaos of exactly um same thing with my hometown (laughs) yeah exactly i think you know it's always nice to have an escape right Right. have a little weekend reprieve to come down here and be uh, but i think this area having grown up here I didn't realize how beautiful and what a valuable area this was until I left this area. And mm. then I came back and I was like, yeah, I like where I'm from. I, I'm not one yeah. of those people that's like, I hate where I'm from. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you run into people that, you know, Yeah, but I mean, everyone, everyone hates where they're from, but they don't at the same time. I find a lot of comfort in the fact that when I walk into my kid's school, I know where I could go to. Like, I know yeah. the school. I know the people. Like... <laughs> One of the vice principals at my daughter's high school was a paraprofessional for one of my friends when we were there in high school. So oh 20 years later, yeah. he's now a principal. So when Worked I said, up. yeah, so when <laughs> I say hi to him, she's like, how do you know him? How do you know my principal? And I'm like, he was here when I was here, yeah. you know, wow. and I went to drop her off medicine at school. And she was like, oh, I have gym. I'm like, oh, you just go down to the left. Like, I find comfort in the fact that my kid goes to school with kids. It's home. With Yeah, exactly. It's and it's like <laughs> we made a joke of it, but. My mother shut down my high school graduation because she brought air horns and she decided she was going to distribute them to everybody whose kids she knew in my graduating class. And they were going to do them every time someone's kids graduated. Well, my mother knew about 75% of my graduating class. Oh, my God. So every single one was like, "Ah." (laughs) so they basically made an announcement like, you have to stop doing this. We have to continue graduation. (laughs) And my mother pretty much completely ignored it and just did what she wanted to do. Oh, gosh. But, I mean, she was like, you these kids have worked hard to graduate and we're going to celebrate them and we're going to do what we want to do. And so, but yeah, she was, my mother was a bit of a spitfire. She was the sweetest lady, but she was very, uh, she was kooky, but we loved her. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I, um, I lived here from 2013 to 2016 and then I moved to Portugal and then I moved back to my hometown and now I'm back here. And I will say that out of all the places that I lived in the world, this this is probably the happiest, you know, yeah. that I could actually do. Because if I'm being honest, the happiest place I could probably live is in Portugal. Oh, yeah. Um, but can I financially make it work? And could I, like, be there that long? And um, it's just not realistic. So the happiest place that I've ever lived in was Groton. And yeah. now w- when I come back, it's like picking up right where I left off. You know I don't I mean? think you would find too many people that would say that they're unhappy to live here. And I think um, it seems that way. I mean, I've lived, like I said, for my family, grew up, my family had a house here from literally my grandmother. My grandfather built the house. My grandmother was eight months pregnant, hauling bricks to lay the foundation of the basement. So we've always had a home here. And I think 
um, for good reason. I mean, it's a good place to raise kids. It's beautiful. The only, the only thing as an adult, as an adult now, the only thing that I wish that Groton had more of is a nightlife. I, I can agree with that. I Why think... do I have to go to New London to go bar hopping? Or yeah. Mystic? Well, I mean. Well, I mean, Myst- you have Mystic, but. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit older than you. I probably, probably, I, I was the generation that we had a little bit of nightlife in Groton. Oh, and, then it, and, and then it went away. And it went away. Um, uh, there, maybe I was born in the wrong decade. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, we had our <laughs> fun. But I think, yeah, I mean, there is, you, you always have to go a little bit away, I think, sometimes to find good things like that. Like Musquamacate, if you want right. to go and you know, do the beach. Like, we don't have any bars on the beach like here. We have beautiful beaches, but we don't right. necessarily have a bar right. sitting there. So yeah. if you want that kind of atmosphere, you got to go to Musquamacate. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and I think it's, <laughs> like, great to be here because there's always somewhere to go or do. Like, you have the casino. So people that from out, like, I don't care about the casino. Me neither. I'm yeah. like, over I'm all set it. with that. I'm all yep. I'm done with it. But people that come from out of town, they're like, oh, yeah. you remember the casino? Pretty much everyone from my hometown. Yeah. Everyone from my hometown, they, it's like a party when they go to the casino. They get so excited. Yeah, it's like, I don't get it. But yeah, Me neither. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. But I have friends that, I have a friend whose wedding I'm going to be in. Again, I'm like the official, I'm like 27 dresses, basically. Like, I'm just, <laughs> a, I'm a, a bridesmaid for hire at this point. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but we're, it's fun though, because she's getting married in Mexico. So I can't complain because we're going to oh. have like a week in Mexico. Oh, man. So I can't complain about yeah, that. Yeah, I can't complain either. Um, but we were talking about doing her bachelorette. And I said, well, they're all from New York. And they said, oh, but you're from Connecticut, right? I said, yeah. I said, I'm on the shore. They said, where exactly? So they looked up. They said, oh, you're near the casinos. Could we come up with you? Could we go to where you are and come up and stay with you? I said, that's fine with me. But you guys live half an hour out of New York City. I don't think that Groton is possibly better than New York City, but maybe. Yeah. I don't mean for they're, them. Unless they're coming out they're here like, for peace and quiet. Yeah. I mean, they're like over the city. They're like, oh, we want to be spa, relaxing. And I'm like, I can guarantee you the spa is going to cost just as much in New York City as it is in the casino if we go right. there. Right. So, but I mean, I... I love where we live, and I I don't think it's a bad place to raise a family. I don't think, um, you know, I had visions of traveling and leaving at one point, and I think yeah. when I leave, when my kids I think are everybody gone, does, we'll be hitting the road for a little while. I mean, I if I'm popular enough, maybe I'll go on a little book tour around the around the I was country just ask you and that. sign some I books. Just, yeah, I was just gonna ask you that. Uh, you gotta you gotta set that up, and and maybe. I don't know. Maybe talk to the right people. Maybe I could introduce you to my last guest that was on. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not, um, mm-hmm. but he's really good at uh, coming up with different ideas and, and strategies to uh, enhance your your business. Well, oh, in your awesome. case, yeah, yeah. He uh, he gave me some ideas for the the podcast that I you know really appreciate, and they might actually pan out to be really good successful ideas that's awesome but i just have to be here <laughs> you i have to be here yeah i have to be here physically to work yeah. with the people i'm networking with and uh make these things happen which right now like i said it's tough yeah in between two absolutely places. and i think connection is really at the heart of all business like i think a lot of times we now especially because everything's computer driven and you know social media driven and it's not as much face to face there's still a lot of value in face to face connection and community connections and you know i have kind of looked to the community your podcast here is a local podcast and going to local bookstores and people that i know in the community and saying okay could is there a collaboration here is there a place that we could fit a book signing in or a launch or um like the lady, she's like, oh, my bookstore is small. I was like, I'll set up a table outside and, yeah. you know, talk well, to people. Feel free to clip up um, 
pretty much your whole description on the book. I think that was a really good description that will promote, like it gave me interest, a lot more interest in it than before you came here. Yeah. You know exa- what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the fact that you described it and um, really left out all the good stuff, but still like hooked me in. <laughs> it's I a hard, it's a hard balance to yeah. find. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like I've had a lot of good feedback from the, the book description. And I think that that's really, um, when you tell people, they're like, oh, let yeah, me, let me see that. Yeah, because I had a different idea of what it was about. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like kind of like reading about it a little bit uh, earlier today just to kind of get the the, mm-hmm. the the brain going. But um, not completely different than what I expected. And, yeah. um, and I think that with books that continue to into series, uh, you're not going to really have to do that for the second book, I don't feel like. No. I feel like for the second book, the first one's going to – already hook them in you know well, and, and 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 want them you know looking for more i had released the first chapter just as a freebie to get people interested and i had people messaging me all night like can you just send me the file now like i don't want to wait to find out what happens <laughs> like i really want to know and i'm like you gotta wait like yeah, i released it yeah. to tease it's a tease yeah. so now go buy the book go pre-order right, the book you know right, if you're right. interested and you know i have i definitely had a lot of people that we're waiting well it's like it's also like my photography in a way where it's like if i feel like i need something to promote my quality in portraits i will ask a model to Mm -hmm. hang out for the day take some pictures she gets free pictures and i get something to put in my something fresh to put in my portfolio um but then other people see that and they either a want me to uh you know, photograph them or their family or the, or just them, and and uh, or they will be like, "Well, you did it for free for them. Can you do it for free for me?" And I'm just like, "No, like that. I chose to do it for free at that moment in time to yeah. reel for in a- other people <laughs> to pay." Exactly. Me. So it 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 really. I mean, people are just weird nowadays. When one it comes one to thing that, so. I have, one thing I did do for free. I didn't give away too many copies for free. I said, you know. I know my friends and family were really supportive. They didn't, well, I don't have too many people that asked for free copies, but I did give away some for free on a book club that I'm on online on a Facebook book club. And it has like 2000 members. Like it's just from all over the country. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I contacted the admin and I said, Hey, I wrote this book. Is it against the rules to ask people? I'm going to ask for 10 to 15 people to read it for free. I'll give it to them for free. Send them the ebook. And then the only thing I ask is go on Amazon and leave me a review. An honest review, like not. I don't need smoke. My ass. Basically. So pretty much, you're 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 essentially, in a way, getting something in return for this book, though. Yeah. You're, you're getting the review so that other people who are thinking about buying it, yeah, could well, read it. And Amazon, that's how you get visibility. Is the more reviews you get and the more positive ratings you get, they put you higher up to be able to for your book to be seen. So then you get more people to be able to look at it look at it so basically the goal is to try to get so i'm sure all my people are like sick of me because i'm like guys as you're finished reading don't forget your reviews but like i need the reviews guys yeah yeah <laughs> it's important yeah it's important. Absolutely. a lot of people um I, it, it's so crazy because i have um i have a thousand or over a thousand friends on facebook and um I have maybe like 80 subscribers on YouTube. See, that, it, 
that used to annoy me. I don't know how you feel about that. No, but no, no. Like... I don't, I'm not. A, I, I, I have a friend that does that. Um, I am not. I will not look at the. I will not look at the numbers as often as most people would. See, I don't mind the numbers. Like, it doesn't bother me if I only have like my author page on Facebook has like I think over two hundred maybe 300 people i don't even know honestly right but my personal page where you know i've been posting things as well like i got kind of aggravated because i'm like my family hasn't posted anything like yeah. nobody's like because you kind of feel like okay well i'm doing all this i just sacrificed all this time and effort to do this and you didn't even post a status like but, but then my yeah. sister came through and posted this beautiful status about how she yeah you know wanted and, to support and that's me. that's great um but what i was trying to say is is that people like they're they're willing to hop on what benefits them mm -hmm. and that and that really you know it's kind of upsetting is because it's like you know if i say hey um first 10 people to share this post they're gonna get a free photo shoot that thing would share like crazy um but now if i say hey share, can you guys share my page to promote my photography this and that they won't do it. Yeah. There's no incentive for them to That's, do it. And yep. it's 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 hard to find an incentive for people to support your 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 stuff, your work, your art, anything that you're doing um for yourself as an entrepreneur, as whatever route you're taking. It is very hard. It's sad though. It's it sad. is sad. And like I said, I was frustrated with my sister and I was like, you know, you know that I'm working on this book and you know that you know, I put a lot of effort into this and you have friends you have people that i don't have on my friends it's not like we have identical contacts like right. why are you not and I, I didn't say anything to her because you know sisters are a weird thing anyway but i mean Can't we get a, we get a lot <laughs> are you an only child no but i have a sister i just i'm not a sister yeah sisters so, you know. with sisters are a whole yeah. different because <laughs> my two my boy and my girl don't fight but sisters right. like Right. My sister and I learned how to drywall when we were early, when we were young because we used to knock holes in the walls and we had to repair them. Yeah. Like my aunt came over and was like, this is how we're going to do this. So, <laughs> so you guys um, learned a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely have had like our, our share of, you know, contention in our relationship. So I thought like maybe she doesn't support me. And then she posted something really nice and ended up getting oh, yeah. me probably like five sales from what she had said. But it was, um, you know, it is kind of hard. It feels like you're very alone sometimes in your in your craft when you yeah. don't have people, you know, I, but I also did, like you said, I did something and I said, Oh, I'm almost at 25. My book comes out on the 25th. I want, can we get 25 pre-orders by the 25th? So I posted, if you post a link, you know, you're entered into a drawing to get a free signed copy. And like you said, those things always, always uh, get shared. But mm. if you're just like, Oh, post my page or oh, I sold this book, you know, you don't always get it. So yeah, it, it, it sucks because I think on YouTube to get monetized you have to have over a thousand. Uh, I think a thousand subscribers. subscribers. You have to have a certain amount of view hours too, right? Right, and you would think that a thousand friends on Facebook. Yeah, you could. You would get your a thousand, thousand subscribers yeah. on YouTube, and it's crazy that it's so hard to even break a hundred. And I'm not. I don't look at numbers. I actually train myself to not look at them because. Uh, on my photography Instagram, my numbers are not that great. And somehow, some way, people who take really crappy quality photos that you could tell they didn't put thought into it, um, or, and it's probably taken with an iPhone, they get thousands of mm -hmm. likes. And it's it's like you 
I'm not hating because any hustle is a hustle. But it's frustrating. But it's frustrating that you put that time into it and they get they reap all the benefits. I mean, you have thousands of dollars worth of equipment and they get a phone. You know, they take a photo on their phone. I mean, also phones are a thousand dollars, but not the right. same quality camera as what you're paying to right. use. And right. then they get the visibility and you don't. Yeah, that's really frustrating. I just don't. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, I'm not read- big on social media, too. So hopefully if this thing blows up, I'm going to hire somebody for social media, <laughs> somebody for marketing, somebody for editing. Yeah, all that. I just want to I mean, walk in that door, sit do down, talk, talk and leave. That's I agree with you right <laughs> there. I mean, if I could, that's basically what I want to do with the books. Like, I just want to write. I don't want to edit. I don't have to worry about anything else. Like, just just fix it are how you, it needs to be fixed. Are you going to do an audiobook? I want to do an audiobook. You should definitely do an audiobook. I, I mean, I have a professional microphone. Because I'll be 100% know. honest with you. I probably, it'll take me a while to read, to actually read. Oh, yeah. No, I. I would and, buy the audiobook. And my boyfriend, sure. my boyfriend said the same thing. He was like, I don't read books, but he's like, I'll listen to anything that yeah. you record. Oh, for sure. He was like, I already listen to you talk all the time. So <laughs> just be like telling yeah, you a story. I think, it, I think an audiobook <laughs> would be great for you. Yeah. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time, or at least I try to. I don't really have time for it now. See, I, but. when I was, was traveling, because I used to, you know, have a commute to work and stuff. And now I'm not working in an office. I work from home. So I haven't listened to a lot of podcasts either. The only podcast that I really listen to that I'm in right like into right now which sounds weird I don't know it's like a true crime podcast it's oh yeah like, uh, yeah my cousin know, listens to those I yeah. see I'm like I guess it's like a stereotypical like white girl thing to yeah, listen to yeah. I mean I listen basic to basic white chick you know, <laughs> grab a latte listen I like, like your... <laughs> I'm sure you know ba- like Bailey Sarian on YouTube who's like 5 million subscribers right now like that's how she started was murder mystery and makeup and she literally right. did her makeup while she's telling you a and I was like, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is so weird. Like, why am I listening to this lady talk about someone getting murdered and she's putting on eyeliner and then she got 5 million subscribers and she started a podcast. You have to find your thing. Like, I'm like, maybe like, yeah. And that's what it, that's, there's, there's space for everybody. Like right. in the creative space, there's space for everybody in the world, there's space for everybody. And I think we just need to stop trying to push people into the little boxes that we think they should fit into and let them find their own box. And yeah. then we'll, uh, there's space for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. All... I, I don't think anybody needs to hate on anybody for anything. Exactly. Um, but just because that's the case doesn't mean you can't support them. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like I think that one thing we lack as a society is we don't we talk about supporting each other all the time but we don't actually support each other i try to really be that friend that is supportive to people like so this might sound weird my therapist Mm -hmm. (laughs) wrote a book the same time that i did so her book came out probably two weeks ago awesome and so she and i spend a portion of our time in therapy talking about book stuff about writing stuff about oh this is our frustration with this this is what i'm hitting with this she'll be sending me materials oh this worked well for me this didn't work well for me um and I promoted her book. You know, I just I didn't say this. My therapist, guys. I just said, you know, a friend of mine wrote a book. Here's her link. And I do that with all my friends because I would like them to do the same for me. So right. if I'm not sharing your links, I don't expect you to share mine. Exactly. But exactly. We should all be supporting and, each other. And I'm not sitting here on a pedestal. Either. Oh no, I'm guilty of it. We, I'm, we've I'm all definitely done guilty it. Of it. I could definitely. I mean, shout out to Jeff Stewart, man. He has a great podcast. He's one of my good friends out here. He makes the music for my show. Um, I just I feel so bad because he'll be like, "Hey, did you hear this on my show the other day?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I don't even listen. Like, I I don't even listen to like podcasts that I listen to every day. Mm-hmm. And now to add another one or two or three because I have multiple people making podcasts that I know." 
I I can't keep up with all this content. This is like yeah. hours and hours. I don't even listen. My favorite, um, my favorite podcast is the the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh yes, and um, I think he's funny. I think he speaks to a lot of smart people. Uh, it actually insp- did a lot of inspiring for the show, and um, it, and I can't even listen to that. It's like. I have no time. Yeah. It, it, my time is consumed by my podcast. So now I'm just, instead of listening to podcasts, I'm recording them and, and that's it. Well, and know? that's what I find with the books too. Like I don't have time to read anymore. I love to read. Oh, I'm sure. And I can't tell you the last time I read a book, you know, because I've been writing my book yeah. and, you know, they always say a good writer reads. Right. Well, but I would be the first one. <laughs> I will be the first one though. I'll be the first one to support my friend's podcast though. oh yeah you know what i'm saying like i will not not like the episodes that i've been on i've promoted the hell out of oh it. yeah absolutely and um i think that that's that's what every guest on a podcast should do i think that's what every everybody should do for a friend if you know they're trying to get to a place because guess what there's gonna be a time and a place where mm-hmm. that person is successful and you're going to want to be on that podcast one day or you're going to want to be friends with them because they already made it. Well, you weren't really there through the process of making it. You only want to be there after exactly. You want to reap the benefits right. from it. And you know how many people hit me up to be on my show from my hometown that didn't even ask me how I've been doing for years. They're like, hey, I got to be on your show, man. I think we could you know, make a funny episode. And I'm like, yeah you're like yeah no way (laughs) now i ask people and that's it i don't yeah nobody invites themselves well thank you i'm honored to have an invite i was really excited so thank you um but no i i feel that and i think you know i definitely remember who has been supportive in this you know endeavor and who was it you know and i've been lucky that i've had much more support than i've had negative commentary for sure but um, I mean, there have definitely been people that have been negative about it or like uh, sometimes I'll feel guilty for writing or taking that time. And it's like, no, that's what I have to do now. That's, you know, it's if I'm looking at it as a career, not just a right. pastime. Right. It's something that I have to focus on. So it's also, you know, it feels invalidating when you're looking at it as something serious and someone does it share something or does it, you know, it takes two seconds to hit share on Facebook. And I made a nice little graphic that says, oh, available on Amazon. You takes. It takes. Not, it, not but it's a second. Free. It's free 99. Yeah, That's exactly. That's all it is. It's free. It's free. Just hit the button. Just, That's just all support you your do. friends. That's and, it. And I try to do it. And, you know, and I'm always mindful of if someone's trying to do something to better their situation or, you know, get a step up or, you know, anything. I'm always that person who's like, oh, my goodness, you know, you're doing awesome. Great job. I have a friend who, um, I taught her kids at daycare when I was a preschool teacher years ago, and she's now gone back to college and, you know, getting her degree with two kids. And I messaged, she said, this is so hard. And I said, dude, I know I finished college with two kids. You got this. You could do it. Like, even if it's things like that, where you're not necessarily, you know, promoting something, you're just giving somebody encouragement. The problem is, is that people are trying to control their image too much and they Mm -hmm. really don't want extra content. in their eyes, unnecessary content on their page or whatever, what may have you. So um, some people with a decent amount of following on social media get paid just to share stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. It it, it makes everyday people like you and I like try to follow that same model as if, you know, it's going to pay out somehow or, or what have you. And, and I just don't understand why, 
like say I've known someone for 10 years like and you know this means a lot to me why can't you support at yeah. the very least why can't you I don't know subscribe to the show tell your friends like do something yeah because do, at the end of the day kind of at the end of the day if the you know the people who have been riding with me since day one are the people that will hopefully be taken care of when I oh, get yeah, to that absolutely. point you know what I mean because like I'm the I'm I'm 100% the type of person to give back to the people that me give to me. And those people that are just there for a free ride, man. Yeah, I mean, and you know which ones they are, too. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I found out the other day that one of my old coworkers, who was a, a friend of mine, I haven't talked to her in a little while since we don't work together, but she's TikTok famous. Yeah. Like, and so I'm like, uh, why are you not posting my TikToks that I've made about like my book like why don't you duet one of them and just be like oh that's my girl because it doesn't go because it doesn't go with their content i uh, well why like you know what i mean i'm assuming by the way oh well, yeah no i pretty pretty much you're you're correct when it you doesn't look go at, with their content and then she has a poor video and then she loses i don't know thirty thousand followers and then all of a sudden but at the end of the day i would i i might be different and that i probably wouldn't make a decision based on i mean if it was a huge amount of money you might pause to consider but i'm always going to go with a friend and supporting a friend oh, over yeah sure. you, know, you know a, a thousand payday. percent a thousand you know what percent. i mean and i just was like oh well that's kind of interesting people that- could talk about <laughs> but the thing is people i've had people multiple people talk to me about the show have been on the show and um you know th- uh, there's a lot of empty promise type of people and you got to be careful of those and it's like i I just don't feed into it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, you're going to share it. Okay, cool. You're going to do this. Oh, okay, cool. You're going to introduce me to so-and-so. Oh, okay, cool. I I kind of take it with a grain of salt. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, yep. okay. Absolutely. I'm trying to mold my, my, my mindset to really not depend on people because I used to get excited when people mm-hmm. would come in and be the yes man and tell me everything I want to hear and tell me all the possibilities and tell me all oh, you're gonna make it by doing this this I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for you that for you it got me to the point where I was too excited about things and then the letdown was way more than what it should have been so now it's like I'm molding myself to not really need anybody other than this microphone this laptop and and go to work there you go and i think you know independence is always yeah is valued for sure i mean i'm a very independent person to the point of aggravation for a lot of people they're like just let somebody help you i'm like no i got this i got this i got it i'm good um but i had a whole point and it just fell out of my head when you were talking about i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay no i it happens um no i definitely agree with you on that though yeah i think i think people need to the thing is though like if people start helping other people more then the good in someone's gonna eventually come out it might not be with everybody but the good in someone is eventually going to come out mm-hmm. and that person where whenever they have an opportunity to help you they're going to help you you know what i mean for the most part unless people are just unless some people are just really like assholes i don't know i believe if you do good you get good back like right you know what i mean and i believe there's space for everybody and it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt me to encourage somebody else and you know i was really encouraged the other day because like i said i worked with uh foster kids for a long time and one of my girls uh it was all girls that i worked with so one of my girls reached out to me and she said i follow some of them on facebook social media all of that so she said oh i'm so excited that your book came out i bought a copy of it but also i really got inspired that you follow your dreams so i want to work on my poetry will you help me like would you 
look at poetry. I said, absolutely. I said, I'm so proud of you that you're following what you want to do. And I right. said, so any way that I can get you there, let me know. Instead, there are, you know, and not to be the negative Nancy, but the other people would have been like, could have been like, um, uh, that's just not for me. I can't really help you with poetry or, or that's not yeah. really my thing. And, and I'm not a poet, but I could get you to right, somebody but, who might be able yeah, to help you. Right. You and, know? But my thing is, is that like, there are two types of people where it's like you see an opportunity to help somebody, you help them, or you don't because it doesn't benefit you in any way. You helping her with poetry is not going to benefit you in any way. No. But it will benefit her probably tremendously since you already have some sort of experience in writing. Maybe you could help her put pieces together and, and really help her into her craft. But there are people that genuinely won't help you if there is zero for them. I've had so many people help me along the way that I don't feel like it's fair for me to say, well, I'm not going to help anybody. Like, I got help to put together my website. My therapist's son came to Starbucks and we sat there for three hours and literally he helped me build this website. He was 20, you know, 21 year old guy. He doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. His liter- his mother was literally just like, I have this person who needs help with their website. Can you help? Can you help her get it together? And now, like, you know, he built this whole website for me, and I have people that have been beta readers. I have my friend in uh, New Jersey who's getting married is an editor. She's an English teacher, so I sent her the manuscript. So it, it's, it's called, almost like it's a called child. networking. Though. Yeah, it's called networking, and exactly. if you do it right, it benefits you and others. If exactly. you don't do it right, then <laughs> you're gonna finish last. Whether yep. you have success or not, that's fine. You could have all the success in the world. You could have piles of money, but if you don't know how to coexist with other people and to help others and give back while getting, um, and not to say like, not to put those two hand in hand, like if you could give back without getting anything mm-hmm. um, and maintain your success, you'll be great. But the thing is people don't, they just focus on their success. You know what I mean? If I could help somebody in any way, I'm gonna do it. Um, but there's a difference between helping someone and wanting a free pass. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I've talked about it on the show many times where um, people who I could tell that are into this and really want this, I'll help, like, set up a podcast. A oh, yeah, people absolutely. Ask me. But a lot of people also ask me to just give them the list of all my equipment and give them the list of my programs and, and pretty much lay it all out there for them so that they have to do very little research and they just buy everything, set it up, and, and plug and play, and let's go. But... um even to the point where people were asking me to set it up for them. And I'm like, dude, like you got to have some sort of effort into this. I cannot, I can't help you do everything or else I am doing my show. Yeah. You know, you might as well just set up over here. You your whole to, studio. But if someone really wants it and they can't, for example, say they can't decide on, Hey, sh- you know, should I spend a little extra money on the mic? Should I, should I spend a little extra money on the webcam? Should I spend a little money on this lighting? soundboard you know i'll give them my advice on things and i'll point them in the right direction to solve it on their own and make their own decisions but i'm not going to sit here and run your podcast for you you know well that's kind of like my theory with my kids too like my daughter you know she's old enough to have a job and she wants a car so i said well i'm not buying you a car and she said what i said i didn't get my first car bought for me first of all i said but what my parents did and what we're going to do is we'll contribute half so you go to work, you raise half the money, half the insurance, half everything, 
and we'll put in the other half. And I said, because anything worth having is worth working for. And that's what I believe. So if I'm going like I wouldn't just call you and say, hey, can you come set up this whole studio? I would want to research it. I would want to learn about it because it's only going to strengthen my background and my knowledge and the final product. So to me, okay. Yeah, you have a car, but do you appreciate that car because you didn't work for it or you even didn't buy it? Yeah. You didn't, the book. Like, I appreciate the fact that this might not be a perfect book and that's OK. I still created something and put a lot of effort into it. And the effort is the reward. You know what I mean? In a lot of right. way, in a lot of ways. It, it, it's not like if someone asked me to come over and set up their podcast for them, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But it's the way you, you're you being perceived. If you tell me, hey, can you just come and set this up for me real quick? I'm trying to get an episode out versus, hey, listen, I try to uh, I try to set this up. It's not really looking good. And, and uh, you, you could feel somebody out. If oh, they're yeah. just using you to do it or just like they really need your advice and they really need your help because they've already tried it and attempted to it. Um, you know, there, there's a difference there, and, and I'm able to distinct that difference yeah, and absolutely. really help whoever needs it. And, you know, I won't, like I said, I won't do anything for anybody that um, they haven't really tried themselves. Yeah, know? well, that's how it was when I was building my website. I, I hit a wall. I couldn't figure out. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like technical. I'm technology impaired as like also savvy, like. I know a lot of stuff, but I also grew up in the generation of, like, we didn't have computers until we were, like, in middle school yet. So, like, there's some things I just don't know. I asked my daughter. She's like, because she's always had computers, you know? Mm. So I was, like, they were phasing them in when I was in school, but we once we got to high school, we had them. But um, so sometimes there's things, and I'm like, I don't know what this is asking for. So then I had to recruit, you know, somebody to do the website. And for the formatting of the book, I had no idea how to do that so basically i was like we're gonna hire somebody to do that because that's a headache like i also prioritize my my sanity as well so i'm like if i know that this is outside of my capabilities and i already have because i also have a a job like you know a job that pays me you know yeah for sure you know it's my own business and like you said networking is key in that business as well so it's like i have sometimes not the time to do it all so i just outsourced it and i'm very very happy i actually just got a text when i was driving over here somebody said this book who knew about my issues with the formatting because i was like oh god i don't know if it's good they said the book is formatted beautifully and it's going to be a pleasure to read cover to cover so that's what they said there you have it so (laughs) he did a good job i would recommend my my friend who did it but um yeah i mean i think like you said (laughs) there well i mean we we have killed this entire episode already. Well, is it's, that good uh, or bad? Fl- time we, flew. <laughs> time flew. I loved it. I um, think we did good, right? Got, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I definitely want to get you back on here when Great. you're uh, when you're in preparation for your second book release. And well, I don't know how fast that's going to be. There, no, I, the, we'll even, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. talk. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back and we'll have a you know post mortem of the the first book and we'll we'll check up on the second book for sure. Uh, let me read the book first. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll try we'll to get the audio book yeah. recorded for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'm going to work on that this week actually because I found my microphone and all that is set up. So perfect. Uh, I have to get into my laundry room. All right. It's all <laughs> well before uh before we go why don't you let everybody know where they could find you find your book what your book uh name is and, and plug in everything you want to plug in okay so that this way um they have very easy access to find your work 
My book is Loving Arms by Melissa Mikesell. It is available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, and uh, ebook. And you can find me at Facebook on Melissa. It's Melissa Mikesell or MelissaMikesell.com. Or on Instagram, it's Melissa underscore Mikesell underscore writes. So those are my, my main. You can find me on Twitter, but. If you're looking for me on Twitter, you're going to be waiting a while because I don't normally post too much on there. Yeah, I'm never on there. Yeah, so the Insta- either Instagram or Facebook are usually my two. Um, my website is more right now focused on the blog that I was running. Um, it's going to be transitioning over. So it is actually down right now, so don't visit okay, it. But perfect. it is transitioning over to uh, focus more on the book and all that kind of stuff. So, perfect. Uh, but yes, so Melissa Mikesell, uh, Loving Arms on Amazon. All right. Thank you for coming, Melissa. Thank you so much for having it's me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, everybody listening, like, subscribe, and and show Melissa some love and get that book. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. And uh, <laughs> hopefully with the audiobook so I yes. can be fully caught up on, on the, the juicy story. Yes, I'll let you know when the audiobook is out. I'll work as fast as I can. <laughs> All right. Take it easy, guys.